your childhood. What did you want to be? An astronaut? A cowboy? An actor? The first thing that I remember wanting to be was a veterinarian. Common, common for young girls, yes. But after I had my first taste of traveling overseas at age nine, I was bitten and smitten with the travel bug. Hi, I'm Kimberly Ann, and welcome to a journey 40 years in the making. Come take a chance with me, you know you wanna, on an unknown adventure. For the past 40 years, I had a dream. Now, I'm gonna say that I've had more than one dream, and I assume that you have too, and most people do. We have several dreams. But for the past 40 years, I've had one dream in particular that I have not gone after. Now, I've gone after my other ones, and I've written blog posts about that, and I'm not going to get into that right now on this podcast. But I want to tell you where I started, why, how, and how I got here. When I was nine years old, my parents took me and my sister on a whirlwind trip to France. Now, my sister at the time was studying French, and it made sense. And she is seven years older than me, and it was a, it was a great trip for her because she ended up living in France and for 25 years and going to school in France and learning five languages and so on and so forth. And wow. I don't even know. I know English. I don't even know one other language. But the fact is that when I was nine, we went on this trip to Europe or to France. And my, I I guess, in retrospect, I think that they were trying to make it fun for me too. So they took us to castles. So it was a castle trip. Now, who doesn't love castles? I love castles. You probably love castles. If not, whatever. Just imagine it being something that you love. I was just in awe. I was in awe of the architecture and a different culture and a different language that I did not speak or understand a word of. Just the whole experience of being somewhere new and different and exciting. I guess, I I, I don't know how it started, but even to this day, I find, and I think it's normal, that I find things that are not usual in my life. So, for example, when I went to China, I picked out all the things that were different from the U.S. And the same thing happened when I was nine years old and in Paris. And what was different was the toilet paper. Now, there were a lot of other things different besides the toilet paper. Of course, of course, of course. But I was nine years old. So that's what stood out for me. I was shocked. I was like, what? is this? This isn't toilet paper. This is sandpaper. And that's really what I equated it with, which in retrospect is pretty funny because it wasn't that bad. It was maybe between sandpaper and a paper towel, but you know, it wasn't as soft as a paper towel, but it wasn't as rough as sandpaper. It just seemed like the perfect thing to collect. I don't know why. So I started collecting toilet paper in France. And every single place we went to, I would take a couple squares of toilet paper and I would write in my little nine-year-old handwriting 
where we were and what uh, what the date was. I think I wrote what the year was. I think it was 1970-something. I started collecting all the different toilet paper. I was shocked that there were so many different colors. There was like pink and green and yellow and blue. And I just remember thinking... Like, how do they have multicolored toilet paper? Why do they have multi? How cool is it that they have multicolored? Why don't we have multicolored toilet paper? I eventually uh, had a toilet paper collection, and I put it in a little safe, and I carried it around with me from apartment to apartment as I moved from my parents' house. So, yes, strange, weird, true so totally normal for me all right so that's where the bug started that's where I got bit by the travel bug my yeah the rest of our my childhood we traveled mostly local and I loved it we went like panning for gold and and we did you know whatever the local things around the area but I never forgot that trip to Europe And I was just, I was obsessed. I was like, I was obsessed with Europe. I was obsessed with traveling. And my dream, probably again to do with my sister, was to spend a year traveling through Europe. And that's what she did. So she graduated from college and she spent a year and with a boyfriend and she traveled through Europe. They bought a van and they went from country to country and I got to hear all about it and live vicariously through her. Now I was, again, much younger. She was 18, well, she was graduated from, I don't know, 18, 19, 20 years old, something like that. And I was, whatever, teenager. And I just, I just remember thinking god this is what I want to do this sounds so amazing I I just yeah I was in awe of her absolutely in awe of her I wanted to be her I wanted to do what she was doing and I couldn't so of course you know you grow up I did what what I was supposed to do I went to college I got a degree but what I ended up doing was saving my money And I knew I wanted to travel. I knew that was the top priority for me. And I knew I wanted to go to Europe. When I was 14, I started working. I worked, I have a very, very strong work ethic. And I worked two jobs through high school. And the reason for that was partly to get away from home and partly to get the experience and to save money. And I, crazy as it sounds, I actually really like working. I like creating and I like the responsibility, but there's a lot I really like about it. So I worked, 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 worked. I saved. And when I graduated college, I went away to Europe for five weeks. I planned the whole trip. This was way before the internet. Actually, the internet existed, but you couldn't do much on it. And I did have a computer and that's a whole nother story, but you couldn't, you couldn't book hotels. You could, there was none of that. So I, I I had my sister translate um, letters into French and Italian, and I sent them off trying to get Uh, hotel reservations. I planned the whole thing myself and I went with my then boyfriend who became my husband who then became my ex-husband and we traveled uh, with backpacks through Europe for five weeks and it was it was amazing. It was amazing. Uh, We started in England and we went from England to Paris to Venice down the Italian Riviera 
and then we left from Rome. I have a lot of stories from that time. A lot, a lot of stories. Uh, one that I'll just quickly touch on is that we didn't know, but the World Cup was playing in Italy when we were there. And there was uh, the last night that we were there in Rome. The World Cup was actually play, uh, happening in Rome and the Italians won. We had no idea what was going on, but it was very exciting for the Italian citizens. They had horns in a can. I'll never forget that. I was like, canned horns? Who has that? The hotel that we were staying at for some reason, the proprietors were worried that everybody was going to get super excited and break in. I don't know why. I don't speak Italian, so I have no idea where that all came from. But anyway, they locked us in the hotel. They didn't lock us in our rooms, but they locked us in the hotel. And then they left. In the morning, we had to fly out. And we couldn't get out of the hotel, but we had made friends with a couple, very young couple, super cute and sweet, Dina and Tenino. Their parents, their parents had brought them, you know, traveling there from Sicily, from Sicilia. They helped us leave the hotel by tying sheets together. Yes, and it does work. Threw the sheets out the window. We were on the second or third floor. And we climbed down the tied sheets. Maybe I could do this now. I don't know. But after we got down to the ground, they threw our luggage out the window. And we ran to the, you know, got a, a taxi. This is before Uber and all that. And we ran to the airport and got to the airport. And our flight was delayed for like seven hours. Back to the dream. So I ended up putting my traveling full-time dream on hold for... 40 years, basically. I traveled as much as I could. I went to Europe several times. I've, I've been to I've been to other countries and I've traveled around the U.S., mostly solo. And because I got caught up in the American dream fallacy, which is a fallacy, I ended up on a hamster wheel working two jobs for 40 years. And I was trying to get ahead. And I just kept thinking, if I could work harder, and if I could work more, and if I could work faster, and whatever, I would finally make it. So for the past 40 years, I've worked nonstop and saved as much money as I could to travel, and then the vicious cycle just keeps repeating itself. I had a goal with my working. I had a goal. I wanted to earn six figures. And it took me years and years and years, and, and I've always had my own businesses. I, I've definitely worked for other people, but mostly I've had my own business. For the past 15 years, I've had my own healthcare practice. I went back to school, I got a master's degree, and I ended up having a healthcare practice. Then I decided now I want to be an author about seven years ago. I've always been a writer. So I have been writing since I was in, I don't know, I think my first little published piece in the school newspaper was in second grade. And I've been writing ever since. Yeah, I've never stopped writing, but I thought publishing was uh, just kind of a dream that I couldn't, I could never reach a goal or a direction that I couldn't get to. So I didn't until about seven years ago when I decided, well, anyway, that's a whole nother, <laughs> that's a really long story, but the short story is I put my mind to it. I, you know, I'm a workaholic. So I ended up writing and publishing 11 novels in two years. 
And it was an amazing learning experience. I'm really glad I did it. I am not earning a living that I could support myself on here where I live in the Bay Area where, you know, breakfast is $50 for two people and dinner is $50 for one person. Yes, I have been working two jobs to support myself and my lifestyle. And my lifestyle is not uh, minimal yet, but that's what I'm working toward. About three years ago, I finally started making the amount of money that I wanted to make, which was over six figures a year. And it was, it was hard. It was hard to get there. It was a lot of work. I still work about 60 hours a week with, with both jobs right now. And I was probably working more than that at the time when I finally started making the amount of money that I had dreamed of making. But the problem was that by making more money with the new tax laws, I had to pay 50% of my income to the IRS which significantly dampened my my income. And after the first year of making money, I and I had not paid the IRS and I didn't know about estimated quarterlies and all that. So I just saved, 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 saved. And at the end of the year, I got my accountant and I said, I finally made money and I need you to you know, help me sort this out. And I'm so proud of myself. This is the first time I've saved a significant amount of money. And she looked at all my records and she came back to me and she said, I'm so glad that you saved all that money because that's the exact amount of money you owe to the IRS. And I was devastated. I mean, like, (laughs) how do you respond to that? So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. That was, it was hard. It was a hard pill to swallow. And I thought, well, maybe I just need to make more money. So the next year I made more money. And I paid half of it to the IRS and I paid estimated quarterlies and I was always behind running and running, trying to catch up on taxes and it just the whole, it was a flipping nightmare. It really was. And, uh, and I was never able to get ahead. And this has been my life for the past three years. Obviously I've told you I've been working my, my ass off for 40 years, but For the last three years, when I was finally earning a decent living in the Bay Area, I was not able to put any of it away for savings. And then COVID happened. Now, I don't have to tell people how horrible it is. It's horrible, and I wish it hadn't happened. I really do. It dropped my income by two-thirds. As I mentioned before, I work in healthcare, and... Now, with all of the precautions that I have to take, and I'm not able to see 15 patients a day, which is what I was, I was treating 15 patients a day before COVID, and now I can only treat five. So my income dropped significantly, and I'm currently not, well, I'm, I'm barely making enough to cover my rent and my bills. I realized that this was unsustainable. And then I realized that I've never achieved my lifelong dream of full-time travel. And so I decided, and this is where this podcast comes in and my blog and uh, all this stuff and my future, is that it's time. So I'm a planner 
I love to plan. I'm an organizer. I love to organize. And so what I did was I made a list of all of my options. And there were a lot. There were a lot of options. I could move into a tiny home, which I always dreamed of. I could move into an RV. I could move four hours north of where I live out of the Bay Area, but still in California and rent a tiny uh, studio apartment. I could move across the country and I went down every rabbit hole and I spent two weeks, probably about two weeks researching each and every one of those that I just mentioned. And I, you know, I found somebody who was selling their tiny house and then I did all the research. Where would I put it? And it's illegal to put it anywhere in California. And then I did the research, uh, how much would it be to buy land? Would I qualify for a loan? I applied for a loan. I mean, it was on and on, months and months of looking into different options. And in the end, the only options that were, uh, that ended up being viable were move across the country to Asheville, North Carolina, which was the place that I could afford to live, sight unseen, I've never been there, or move into a van. And the idea of moving into a van, while it is scary, it is scary. I'm not, I'm not going to say it's not, is so appealing to me and so exciting because there are so many places in the U.S. that I might want to live, but how will I know if I've never been there? And I have friends all over the U.S. I have friends who have left California. I have friends who never lived in California. And because I've traveled so much, yeah, I just, I have a great support group out there and I reached out to them and a lot of people said, come visit me, check out Santa Fe, New Mexico. I have a friend in Asheville. She said, come check out Asheville. I have friends in Washington state and Oregon. And I have a friend who's her favorite place is Savannah, Georgia. I've never been there. It makes the most sense for me to drive around the United States in a van, which gets my travel bug, uh, just lights it on fire and write full time, which is my other basically wet dream is just to write full time and drink tea. And I've been saying that for years. I'm like, I just want to quit my day job and write full time and drink tea. And I know it sounds really silly, but that's what I want to do. I'm 54 years old now, and it's time that I get out there and do what I want to do. It's time that I get out there and I follow my dreams. Actually, I don't like the word follow because to me that denotes like running after them, trying to catch them or following behind them. So I'm changing it to achieve my dreams and I want to encourage other people to achieve their dreams. And there's, I have a whole blog page about how you're never too old and what that means. But I really believe that you're never too old to achieve your dreams. What I'm hoping to do with this podcast is to light a fire under your ass you know, look at your dreams. What are they? Like big and small. Do you want to be a minimalist? Do you want to create a painting? Do you want to create a sculpture? Do you want to write a song? Do you want to live debt free? Do you want to travel a month out of every year? Do you want to have a child? Whatever your dream is, I want to encourage you to achieve your dream. I'd like to end each podcast by talking about what books I am reading. I'm always reading a fiction book and a nonfiction book. So I'll talk about the nonfiction book first. I just finished Everything That Remains, a memoir by The Minimalists, and I listened to it on Audible. I highly, highly, highly recommend it. It's phenomenal. 
And then I also just finished The Obelisk Gate by N.K. Jemison, and that's a fiction book, also on Audible. It's the second book in her Broken Earth series, and she is an amazing writer. She's, yeah, just read it. If you like fantasy and magic, that's the book for you. She, it, she's such a good writer, and uh, Joshua from The Minimalists is also a fantastic writer. If you're looking for nonfiction, and I would love to hear what you're reading. 